Welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman, the podcast dedicated to helping you build the business of your dreams and live the life you always hoped for, with valuable and fun tips and info to make your life easier and more fun. And now, here's your host, a man who sprinkles metal shavings on his breakfast cereal just for fun, Jason Silverman. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. I'm your host, Jason Silverman, and I'm thrilled to share some time with you once again today. As you know, I am always, always on the hunt for interesting as well as super smart Real Deal guests. And i got to tell you, today's show is a winner. I want to introduce my listeners, listeners to somebody who's truly been there and done that. And quite honestly, I'm excited to pick her brains for your benefit and really for my benefit as well today. So for the folks who I work with in any of my coaching programs, my mastermind group, or through Powerful Words Character Development or All-Star Cheer Sites, you know how much I focus on the importance of a sound financial strategy, right? Well, the show is going to help us to do just that. So today it's going to be my honor and privilege to share an amazing resource with you. You're going to love today's guest. She's got a ton of valuable info about what I consider to be a super hot and super important not just business building, but business maintaining and growing um, topic. So I want you to strap yourself in. Today's show is going to be a blast. As I'm sure you already know, I'm committed to helping business owners just like you to become more successful, enjoy your career more, and in general, make your life significantly more fun. As we all know, we really only get one ride around this merry-go-round, and we want to make sure it is one hell of a ride. Alrighty, boys and girls, it is now that time. I want you to stop surfing Facebook, put away your phone, your tablet, your dog, your cat, your spouse, your child, anything that might possibly distract you from today's show. You're about to get some great and immediately implementable information, and I don't want you to miss even a second of it. So before we officially get going, let me give you a little bit of a background about our special guest today. Diane Gardner is an expert tax coach, Quilly Award recipient, and best-selling author whose proactive planning approach gives clients a leg up on Uncle Sam and helps them dodge the tax bullet. Diane saves small business clients between $5,000 and $50,000 in as little as 60 minutes. Holy wowzers, we have to talk. Her tax coaching sessions have resulted in a combined savings of nearly $500,000 to date. Hard-earned profits small business owners would have given to the government by overpaying taxes. And they're done that, folks. Leaving no deduction or credit unexamined, Diane ensures professionals like you pay the least amount of taxes allowed by law. As a licensed enrollment agent, as a licensed enrolled agent, Diane prepares returns and helps taxpayers nationwide maximize profits and tax savings. She's a certified profit first professional, QuickBooks Pro Advisor, an accredited tax preparer, and has elite certifications as a tax coach. Diane's the co-author of the best-selling book, Stand Apart, and Why Didn't My CPA Tell Me That? She's also authored four other books, including her newest, Stop Overpaying Your Taxes, 11 Ways Entrepreneurs Overpay, and How to Stop It Right Now. She created the nationwide get-off-the-wheel virtual masterminding and coaching program that leads the Business Breakthrough Mastermind Group in her hometown of Rathrum, Idaho. Diane enjoys spending time with her husband, daughter, and grandson in her spare time. She serves on the board of the Twin Lakes Friends Camp, which offers summer camp programs for kids and is active in her church, community organizations, and several local chambers of commerce. Diane, welcome to The Real Deal. I'm thrilled to have you today. Jason, thanks for having me. This is so exciting. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm actually the one who's really excited. I get a 
I guess as a, as a finance and math geek, I get really, really excited about talking about taxes and, and how not to pay as many. Yeah. <laughs> so from one nerd to the next, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so do me a favor. For those who haven't yet had the opportunity to read your books or meet you in person or hear you speak, do me a favor. Share your story. You know, what are you passionate about? What makes you tick? Who is Diane Gardner? Wow, okay. Uh, Diane Gardner is very, very passionate about working with entrepreneurs and small business owners. As an accountant, I have been on the compliance end of things for my whole life. Um, always telling them your sales tax return is due, your next payroll deposit is due, it's time for payroll taxes, it's time for income taxes, you owe this much money, you know, yada, yada, yada. Well, a few years ago, I decided that there had to be more to the accounting profession than being the bearer of sometimes bad news and other times just royal pain in the butt because it's time to file the next form that needs to be filed. So I came across the uh, certified tax coach group and went, this is so cool because now I get to be a tax superhero. And not too many accountants out there can say that they're a tax superhero. <laughs> and that comes from working with people, coaching them, helping them, plan their way to a lower tax liability. And it's so cool when I can tell somebody, oh, by the way, because of our planning strategies, you just saved $5,000 this year in tax, or you saved $33,000 this year in tax, or some other number over and above. I love that. I absolutely love it. And, and it's, it's something that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, and the more folks who I work with and coach, you know, I feel like it's one of those things that it's not talked about enough, and it's one of the things that I think people's eyes tend to roll back into the back of their head when they think about it, but it doesn't need to be that way. So let's, uh, let's dig in. i got to ask you a couple questions first just so I can get my grounding. So what would you say is a tax coach, and, and why would I need one? Oh, that tax coach is a, is a relatively uh, new term. Not too many people have heard of it. It's only been around a few years now. Um, a tax coach, Jason, is going to be similar to your business coach or your life coach in that a tax coach comes along beside you and takes a look at your business from an outside perspective. So often we get so bogged down into the day-to-day -day running of the business, we can't see the forest through the trees type thing. Whereas a tax coach, I come in and I can take a look at what's going on in that business, uh, come up with sometimes mistakes that are being made or just missed opportunities because they weren't aware of, of different deductions that they could take, and through some proactive planning, be able to put them on the trail or put them on the plan that they're saving money each and every year, year after year after year, and they don't have to do that whole Hail Mary, end of the year, run out, buy a piece of equipment because Congress has increased Section 179 or something like that. They don't have to do that because we've already planned their way to a lower tax liability. I love that. And quite honestly, as somebody who just ran out in December, and I feel like I now own the entire Apple store, um, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that, you know, we, we, we've, we've always started this relatively early, but uh, just because of my crazy schedule, December became, all right, Jason, go buy everything. Um, and it shouldn't, shouldn't need to be like that. So let's keep going. Um, what would you say, and I, I always feel like people learn more from mistakes uh, than they do from doing things right. So what would you say are some of the biggest mistakes that you see entrepreneurs and small business owners make that cost them dearly in taxes? 
Jason, I'm going to say the biggest, the probably the very biggest mistake I see is businesses who are either in the wrong entity type or ones who have outgrown their entity. It seems like most people just, they start up a business, they really don't know what they're doing, and so they do nothing, and so by default they're a sole proprietorship. And sometimes that's not the best entity for them to be in two, three, four, five, six, ten years down the road. They have outgrown that entity. And it's time to look at what is the cost? What is that entity costing you in taxes? Just because you simply have outgrown it and you did not realize that you had choices. And so that's probably the number one biggest, biggest uh, mistake that I see people making outside of just that complete and total lack of planning, not realizing that you could plan your way to a lower tax liability. Mm-hmm. You know, let, let, let's go a little deeper because obviously you mentioned sole proprietorship. So what are the other different kinds of entities that people need to, to be aware of? Ooh, this is fun. Um, <laughs> I get out my little alphabet soup. <laughs> Uh, there's lots of different entities, and then there's a lot of hybrids of entities. So let's just start with the basic one that, that I mentioned previously, a sole proprietorship. That is, if you do nothing by default, you are a sole proprietorship. And then if you decide to go into business with a friend or family, a coworker, somebody like that, and you do nothing by default, you're a partnership. A sole proprietorship and a partnership have a couple things that, can cause them to maybe not be the best entity choice out there. One of them being a, a total lack of limitation of liability. So if you have a business and you're a sole proprietorship or a partnership and somebody somehow or other gets hurt on your business premises and you get sued, you have no protection for that liability outside of what your insurance uh, policy has. So we, then we like to look at, well, maybe we'd like to get some liability protection in there. And so we start looking at other entities. Back up a little bit on those first two entities. Also another little um, ding against them is 100% of the net income or the net profit from those types of businesses is subject to self-employment tax. And that self-employment tax is 15.3%, which is the equivalent of the employer and the employee portion of the Social Security and Medicare tax back when you were working for a wage and you had withholding on your W-2. But that 15.3% adds up really quickly when you add it to federal tax and then potentially some state tax, depending on where you live. So moving on at the scale of entities, depending on the state that you're in, we have choices where you can become a corporation of some sort. There's two different corporate choices. We have an S-corp or a C-corp. An S-corp is generally a corporation where the profits from the business pass through to the owners. And I won't get into all the other details that go along with, you know, what makes up an S-corp, but that's the biggest difference between a C-corp who pays its own taxes on its own tax return. But that net profit on an S-corp that passes through to its owners is not subject to self-employment tax, at least at this time. And so that makes it a nice planning tool for the business owner who is starting to make some money with that business and we don't want to pay self-employment tax or they maybe don't need to pay self-employment tax on 100% of that income. Then we have this nice little hybrid entity out there called a limited liability company or an LLC. And depending on which state you live in, there are states that are very LLC friendly like Idaho where I live and then states who are not LLC friendly at all like the state of California. 
So depending on what state you live in, LLCs can be a nice choice because an LLC has the ability to act like a partnership. It can act like a sole proprietor. It can act like an S corporation or it can act like a C corporation. So it gives us a lot of flexibility in the planning area as to planning your way into an entity that help you minimize taxes, possibly give you some liability protection. And then we look at some of the things like benefits and some of that type of stuff as to how they work with some of the entities. So there's a whole analysis that goes into trying to figure out what type of an entity should I be? <laughs> that's probably the best, uh, probably the best definition I've ever gotten. That's uh, that's fabulous. So, since you've actually talked about you know what they are, what would you say is the is there a criteria that you usually help somebody with? How does a business owner decide which entity or type they should be? Well, I I like to look at different types of industries have carry more liability than others do. So back in the days when I was first getting started, it's like I would never suggest an S-Corp or something until they got to where they were making, you know, some nice amount of money. But now things have changed over the last 5, 10, 15 years, and we live in a very um, lawsuit-friendly society anymore. And so now I really like to take a look at that industry and that particular business and say, what is their potential for liability? If there is a potential for liability, then we start looking at it at an entity type that will give them some liability protection. And that probably has become my number one item where it used to be profit-driven before. Now it's more liability-driven. And then we look at profit secondarily, and then we look at benefits and some of that type of stuff more, you know, a little bit further down the line. Mm. Mm -mm. Okay. That's fair. That's totally fair. Um, hmm. What would you say, and, and I've heard these, these terms thrown around a lot, so what's the primary difference between tax preparation, tax projections, and tax planning? Is it all the same, or, or is there really a difference? I am so glad you asked me that one. That is probably some of the most confusing information that you hear out there. People, I think, using the terms intermittently, incorrectly, mixing them up or whatever. So I'm going to start at, at tax, um, tax preparation, which is what we're all going to be doing shortly here as this is being recorded early in 2016. And tax prep preparation is solely the engagement of taking your basic information that you give your preparer and putting it on the right forms and getting it filed correctly and on time, period, and that just that engagement is finished. And then people get a little confused because they're wondering why they're not getting the information that they want from their accountants. So the next step up that ladder is tax projections. And tax projections is where your accountant might sit down with you maybe mid-year and then again in the fall, and we kind of do some projections based on some historical information, based on what your goals are for the year, and try to determine where your income is going to be, what some of your expenses are going to be, and get down to some sort of a guesstimated net income number to make sure that you are making sufficient uh, payroll deposits, or not payroll, but income tax payments, estimated payments throughout the year so that you don't end up with a big surprise come tax time or maybe during the tax projection process we have you go out and buy that piece of equipment that we were talking about earlier in the year. We just weren't sure if the cash was going to be available. Some of those types of things. And then 
actual tax planning is taking it another couple steps further and looking forward into the future over the next three to five years and laying out a plan that might include looking at your entity type. It might include picking up some deductions, things that you've been paying out of pocket, but you didn't know that you could make them pre-tax. You've been paying them after tax and moving those around in your business in such a way that you're now paying them out pre-tax. That might include looking at some retirement planning, um, looking at family members that you might be supporting and, and coming up with a way to write some of that off through your business, looking at your medical expenses. Can we write that off through your business somehow? So it's a pretty in-depth look at your whole life and how can we move things that are maybe being paid after tax into pre-tax dollars and coming up with a plan that gets implemented over the next couple of years and then monitoring that plan at least once a year to make sure that you're staying on track with it and reaping the tax benefits that you were planning for. Wow. Okay. So there's, there is most certainly a major difference. Okay. That's, uh, that's helpful. You actually just mentioned something that sparked my interest. You know, how can I write off my medical expenses through my business? I'm sure people are looking for, for ways to do that because Lord knows with, uh, with our, our lovely healthcare system, at least in the States, um, we're all paying. But we're paying big time. Yes. Yeah. If you have the, the right entity type, certain entity types allow you to write things off that other entity types don't allow you. So I'll just put that caveat in there. If you are using an entity type that allows this, we like to look at implementing a medical expense reimbursement plan, which allows you to potentially write off your health insurance costs, your out-of-pocket costs, as well as any other out-of-pocket medical costs. And this works best in a sole proprietor arena or a C-corp arena. A sole proprietor arena, you need to have a spouse. And then we need to be able to hire your spouse to work in your business. And they really have to do some work in your business, and we really have to, you know, document that they've done some work in your business. But we can offer them potentially up to 100% of those out-of-pocket costs to be directly reimbursed through your business. So this obviously works best if you're just a smaller business and you don't have a lot of employees or anything. You know, ideally the husband-wife type business Mm -hmm. where it really shines. And then you're able to write off up to 100% of all your out-of-pocket medical costs through your business. The other way is through a C-corporation where you yourself become an employee of that C-corporation. And if you're the only employee, especially, here we can go up to about up to the 100% write-off again. Now, if you have a bunch of employees, then we have to kind of rethink that strategy, and we can't offer everybody up to 100% because it would break your business. But it's pretty nice when it can work. No, that makes sense. So is that is that doable for an LLC? Not generally for an LLC. We sometimes have to look at a health savings account because LLCs are not eligible generally to participate in a medical expense reimbursement plan. Okay. So the HSA is is a different uh, opportunity there. That makes sense. Right. Okay. Um, Tell me this, uh, and I've read a lot about this. Uh, My kids are still young. Um, I've got a five- and six-year-old, so... Um, certainly something for the for the future, but can I hire my kids to work in my business legally? You bet. If you've got a five- and a six-year-old, IRS says the minimum age to hire your kids in your business is age seven. So you're getting really close. Fabulous. 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 Yes. What, so I'm guessing that um, that I can't pay them $100,000 a week, though, huh? 
Probably not, <laughs> unless they're really good kids. <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're not that good. Okay. <laughs> Generally, you have to pay them what you would pay somebody else to do the same job, discounted for their abilities. Okay. And you do have to keep a timesheet and you know records and that type of stuff. You have to really write them a paycheck. Um, depending on your entity type, you may not have to withhold any Medicare or Social Security tax from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, de- you know, it just depends on entity types. But, yes, you can potentially hire those kids. And this works really great for the kids that are in college or high school where they always got their hand out all the time wanting money from you. If you can come up with a way to hire them in your business, you can deposit that money into some sort of a custodial account where maybe your name's on the account with them. And it's a great way to start saving up and helping to fund that college a tuition that's going to have to come out of your pocket after tax, why not make it a pre-tax deduction? And the cool thing is the first, I think it's about $9,000 that you pay them can potentially be tax-free because of standard deduction and personal exemptions. Oh, so, wow. Or if they're still being claimed as a dependent, then it's more like about 6000 okay. But it's a great way to funnel some money out of your business on a pre-tax way of money that you would be spending otherwise. It's a great way to fund basketball camp and horse camp and dance camp and cheer camp and all that stuff that kids get involved in. It's a wonderful way to fund that type of stuff. Makes a lot of sense. Totally makes a lot of sense. Tell me this. Um, obviously, I read a lot about pensions and retirement accounts. Um, is, is that something that I can look into as a small business owner? You bet. There's some great planning opportunities in that arena for small business owners. We've got lots of different choices. We've got things like just, you know, your traditional IRA, your Roth IRA, and then moving on up the ladder. We have uh, SEPs, which are Simplified Employee Pension Plan, Simples, and even, believe it or not, a, a um, simple 401K for just a very small little business. So there's some great planning opportunities there and a great way to start putting some money away now and taking some great, you know, deductions throughout the next several years towards retirement. I love that. Tell me this. Um, what would you say are the most often missed tax deductions? Because i got to believe that that's a biggie for you. It is. I would say probably the most often missed is my mileage. Because people don't want to keep a, um, a mileage log. And then also after that would be meals and entertainment because they don't keep good records. They tend to not realize that they need to document on those receipts who they took out to dinner, what the topic that they talked about was, you know, the business intent type of thing, showing that it really was business related. And then entertaining at home. A lot of different kinds of businesses do a lot of home entertaining where they have people over to their house, and they don't even think to write that off. So those are some huge areas that I see thousands of dollars being missed on tax returns on a regular basis. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. One, um, this, this is a biggie because I think a lot of folks are nervous about this one. So how do you find the right professional to work with to make sure that, number one, they actually know what the hell they're talking about, and B, that they can trust them? Oh, that's a fun one. In my Stop Overpaying Your Taxes book, I have a chapter in there. It's called, Why Selecting the Right Tax Professional for Your Business is Like Dating. <laughs> <laughs> People always laugh when they hear that. 
But it is so true. You really need to find a tax professional, an accountant, who has similar belief system as you have, who is very entrepreneurial, and there's not a lot of accountants out there that are entrepreneurial, who understand the struggles that a small business owner goes through on a day-to-day basis. Somebody who's proactively looking for ways to help you save money on that tax return. I always ask people, when's the last time your accountant came to you and said, hey, I have an idea that I think is going to save you some money on your tax return? And they all give me this blank look. Like, yeah, that what? Would be, that would be never. Uh, yeah, never. <laughs> so you want to find a tax professional who's proactive, who's constantly looking for ways to save you money, who's giving you a call and saying, hey, let's get together. Let's, let's look at this. Let's at least do a tax projection for you. Let's do this stuff. So it's very, very critical that you find a good fit, somebody that you enjoy working with, somebody that you can understand what they say, and they're not just speaking accountant speak to you, which is a bunch of just mumbo-jumbo. That was my next question, because quite honestly, they they don't always speak in English. No, they don't. They don't at all. In fact, I I laugh because um, I make such a a, uh, conscious effort to try to speak English to my clients. That when I go to other accounting events, it's like, what are they talking about? <laughs> because I've come up with my own terms for things. So where, where do we start the dating process? I would say you start the dating process by looking at some of the information that person has out to share, maybe on their website. A great place to look is um, other certified tax coaches like myself. There's about 400 of us across the U.S., uh, because we are all proactive. We're, we're really proactive for our clients. We're writing books. We're doing interviews. We're giving seminars. We're the ones out there across the country sharing this information with people. So anybody with the letter CTC behind their name is probably a good place to start. Okay. Um, obviously, my, my website is full of all kinds of great information, a lot of free stuff, free books, free reports, just all kinds of stuff to try to help you get started on that road of trying to find that accountant. Well, that actually, that, that brings us to a great segue. So, you know, it's now time for our resource of the week. So tell me where my listeners can find out more about you and how you go about helping entrepreneurs to succeed. Okay. Well, my, my website is www.taxcoachforyou.com. And out there, they can grab a free copy of my book, The Ten Most Expensive Mistakes That Cost You Thousands. They can also um, order a copy of Stop Overpaying Your Taxes, which is real case studies from my real clients, it's written in more of a story format. So it's easy to understand what we're talking about, kind of like you and I have been discussing here today. So it won't be, a, it won't, it won't be scary. Not at all. Nope, nope. That one is definitely not written in accounting, accounting lingo. It's written in lingo that my clients would talk about. <laughs> That's important. So, so just, just, yeah. just so I've got it, it's www.taxcoach, the number four, you.com taxcoach4u.com. Correct. Right. Yeah, there's videos, other podcast interviews. So they can start getting their, dipping their toes in the pond of tax planning. I love that. I absolutely love it. So I always like to, uh, to end my, my, my podcast with one, what I consider to be a telling question. So if you could give business owners, you know, just one solid piece of advice to either help their business or more importantly, to help them live a better life, what would that piece of advice be? Be a giver, not a taker. Ooh, 
I love that. If you're willing to share great information with other people and you're willing to go out of your way to help them, you will reap those rewards a hundred times over. Not immediately, but down the road, you'll reap it over and over again. And that is what makes the business community work is a whole bunch of us out there helping each other because none of us could do it by ourselves. I love that. Diane, thank you so much. This, this has been fabulous. I appreciate you joining me today. I know how busy your schedule is. And it means the world to me that you share some of your time and your wisdom with us. Oh, thanks so much for having me. This has been a blast. Folks, that is all the time we've got today. Thanks so much for tuning in to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. For more info about private coaching or to see if you'd benefit from one of my mastermind groups, visit me over at www.jasonmsilverman.com. I look forward to helping you achieve the success that you truly deserve. Until next time, let me leave you with this. Get out there and be the real deal. Set a goal, make a plan, work like hell towards it, and achieve the success that's waiting for you. Now's the time. Get out there and make it happen. Go get them. This has been Jason Silverman, and I hope you have a spectacular week. You've been listening to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. To access the great resources mentioned in the show and for information on coaching and mastermind group opportunities with Jason, please visit jasonmsilverman.com.